0: Hello, voices. My name is Joe Troy, and I'm a multi award winning voiceover and host of a VoiceOvers Audio Adventure podcast, it's a bi weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips, and tricks along the way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three of a VoiceOvers Audio Adventure. I'm so happy to bring you on this journey with me. We've come a long way together and we are not stopping anytime soon. To start off this season, we are going to be diving into the world of Voice of God. But what the hell is a Voice of God, you may be asking? No, it has nothing to do with religion, but it's a term used in theatre and staging and refers to any anonymous voice used to deliver messages to an audience, whether that's for TV shows or an award show etc. This is something I've done a fair few bit over the last year and I must say they are real high-risk hyperboard gigs. Definitely get the adrenaline pumping. As always, I want to learn from some seasoned vets in the game and oh do I have some big names in this episode. Let's go.
1: Hello, I'm Katie Flamman. I have been in voiceover since 2015. That was when I got my first voiceover gig. I do lots of corporate and commercial voiceovers, banking and finance clients like how I sound. So I've worked for people like Deloitte, American Express, Barclays Bank. Um, I also do lots of medical explainers and medical reports for clients like Pfizer and the NHS and commercials for clients like the British Heart Foundation and Sainsbury's, all kinds of jobs, really. And I should tell you, I have won the One Voice Award for Voice of God twice, once in 2018 and once in 2021. I do get booked quite a lot for this sort of work, and the clients are quite diverse. The Environment Agency, the TES, Times Educational Supplement Schools Awards, the class bar awards, uh, the mixology bar awards. Hmm, a theme is emerging. (laughs) I think what makes a good voice of God, it isn't just about your voice. It's about how empathetic you are to the audience. It's all about them. Randy Thomas, the female voiceover who did the Oscars for, I think, nine times. She was the first female announcer at the Oscars. Only took 64 years for them to hire a woman, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. And they have done much better in recent times. Anyway, she says you should make sure the person you're introducing feels like they're the most important person in the world at that moment. And that's something that I've really always taken with me. The other thing is to be super prepared. Always have a plan B. Write it down, your backup scripts. I'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. There are two main things that I like to do before a Voice of God gig. The first thing is to make sure I've got my backup scripts. Now, those are the scripts that you hope you're never going to have to read out. But the ones that say the fire alarm is sounding, please calmly make your way to the exits or the script you're going to use if somebody's taken ill on stage, those kind of things, they're going to look to you to say something. And I don't know about you, but I get tongue tied. So it's really good idea to have it written down. The other thing is, to have researched what you need to say out loud. Practice. If you don't know how to say somebody's name, find out. Ask the client. Can you please find out the name of the pronunciation of this person's name? I've done the TES Schools Awards, a whole load of them for a number of years, and I've phoned up schools to hear how they say the name of the school in the answer phone message or even spoken to a person, not giving away any Secrets, by the way. If somebody's been nominated for an award and they don't know about it, you don't want to be the one to blow that surprise. For anybody wanting to do more Voice of God work, I would suggest that you follow and learn from experienced Voice of God um, and goddesses on social media, but also follow and connect with event production companies. People who are likely to need your services, because if you're on the radar of those people, they're going to think about you when they are looking for a voice for their next event. And if it's a good fit, could be a gig for you. And if you're just starting out and just want to get experience, volunteering at a low key, maybe a charity event could be the way forward for you to build up your confidence and take things then to the next level. And the last thing you can do is, particularly if it's a live event, but even if it's pre-recorded, be super helpful, be friendly, go above and beyond, because the wonderful thing about Voice of God work, whether it's a conference or an award show, is the chances are this same event is going to happen again next year. And if they liked you and liked what you did, you might well get booked again the next year. Ka-ching!
2: Hello, my name's Peter Dixon. I'm uh, a voice actor and I've uh, been in this... Uh profession for roughly 43 years now, quite a long time, longer than I care to remember actually. Um, and over that period of time, I've done nearly everything uh, you can do in voiceover. over. Um, I've done promo, advertising, commercials, TV and radio, cinema, television and radio, entertainment shows, big live events. Um, I've done video games, uh, animation uh, and uh, a couple of years ago I actually did my very first audio book, so I think I've done more or less everything you can do. Well, there are many misconceptions about this job, as those who do it will know. Our friends think we um, we sit in our uh, studios in our pyjamas and uh, the work just flows in magically and all you've got to do is um, is read something out loud. I mean, basically, I mean, that is what we do, but maybe not in our pajamas, but uh, well, sometimes I've done that. Um, but uh, no, there's there's actually so much more to it than, than, than meets the eye. When you look at it, it looks quite simple. It's beguilingly simple, actually. Uh, in practice, it is incredibly demanding and it's uh, every day is a learning day for me even after 43 years I'm still I'm still learning things about this profession and how to deliver other people's words in a way that makes it sound like you're not reading it. Preparing for any live job of course is uh, well there's only so much you can do Uh, but the key I think is to be warmed up to be able to deliver something at a particular time the worst thing of course is to open your mouth and either nothing comes out or you've got the dreaded frog in the throat so vocal warm-ups very important uh, humming is a great thing to do i remember having a chat with uh, america's uh, leading female voiceover in live events randy thomas she is the voice of the oscars in america She had a great technique for warming up. She asked the sound supervisor to silence her microphone just before she went on, and then she heard the director counting down from ten to one in her ear. She would count along with him. She did that principally because she knew that if she did that before she opened her mouth live on the air, she was confident enough to know that something would come out the events industry in the uk and indeed globally is huge there is an event almost every night of the week in most big london hotels and hotels in other major cities around the country and they all need an event announcer whether it's live or pre-recorded so there is plenty of work around and it's very below the radar how do you get the work well you could register with one of the many speaker bureaus online who uh, will act as your agent or you could go direct by simply looking at events that have happened in the past. Uh, These events usually occur annually, so you know when they're coming up roughly, and just approach the organizers and say, do you need uh, an event and answer? If so, uh, great, here's my demo reel. Send it to them and follow it up with a nice email a week later see how that goes for you there is plenty of this work around we all can't do it or i can't do all of it neither can alan dedicoat who does most of it at the moment but there is there is a lot of it around so uh, good luck if you're if you're out there trying to find uh, workers a live event and answer it's very very rewarding
0: one of the most important things i've learned in the field is that prep is key Whether that's warming up the voice, getting familiar with your lines, or any words you may be unsure on the pronunciations. Communication is key. Flexibility and being able to deal with any last minute changes is also a thing. As Katie said, a plan B is a must. Thanks for amazing insight, guys. Okay, now for today's featured guest. I've got the pleasure to speak with Jonathan Clays. Definitely a voice you would have heard on your screens over the years. He's best known for his work on Saturday night TV shows such as Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway, Beat the Star and One of My Faves. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I wanted to ask him about his route into Voice of God work, what it takes to excel in this area and any other tips for any aspiring voices of God out there. Without further ado, here we go. Hi there, I'm Jonathan Clays.
3: I've been a voiceover artist for about 20 years or so, and I've done just about everything you can imagine a voiceover might do, uh, including stuff like TV continuity, commercials on hold, um, narration, stuff like that. But if I had to put together my greatest hits album, uh, I'd probably choose some of the kind of big national or international TV commercials. Uh, but I've also been the voice of some very well-known TV shows like um, Saturday Night Takeaway. I was the in-show voice of that. Didn't he do well? I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I did three series of that. Tech Santa. Uh, lots of things with Anton Deccan, really. I think I was their plaything for a while. Um, and then a, n- a number of other shows as well, uh, which led me to doing uh, live events, Voice of God work. So award ceremonies, uh, stuff like that.
0: So how did you get into Voice of God work?
3: By accident, which is kind of how a lot of these things happen, isn't it? I remember it was a number of years ago, and I didn't even know I was doing Voice of God at the time. I didn't know it was called Voice of God. And um, I, it, one, one day I had a phone call from my agent at the time uh, who said, uh, what are you doing on Friday? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do Saturday night takeaway? Boom. I've heard of that. Yes, please. That sounds quite nice. And I I thought, well, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. So I went onto YouTube and I thought, uh, oh, right, that's what it is. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Um, And I looked at some YouTube videos and thought, yeah, that's probably the kind of thing they want me to do. I looked at these different kind of show segments for kind of competitions and segments on the show and um, turned up for the first session on the Friday morning, because we used to record it on the Friday. It would go out to an audience Friday evening and um, transmission on Saturday evening. Went in, the uh, production manager said, right, um, here's the script. Uh, Do this. If we like it, you're in. Great. No pressure then. Brilliant. Uh, So I did it. And she said, right, you're in. See you next week. And that was it. It was (laughs) brilliant. I did it for three years. It was just amazing fun. But at the time, I didn't know it was called Voice of God. I was just booked to be show announcer and um i only found out it was called voice of god about five years later (laughs) but i was never actually booked to be voice of god but it was voice of god
0: so when you got your first you know you got that call then you went into a a, you know audition so to speak what did you do after that in between to get ready like did you how did you prepare yourself
3: for that first one or for all of them
0: that first job, and yeah, and, and and how has that changed in the way that you prepare yourself now?
3: For that first job, it was just like any voiceover session, really. I didn't really know what to expect, because w- when, when the production manager for the show found me initially, there was nothing on my profile that said he can do TV shows. Um, I'd never done one before, and um, there was no content on my showreel that said... He's the voice of Saturday Night Takeaway. I don't know. I don't know how they chose me. Um, it, it was just mm. immense good fortune. So I went into the session that day, just treating it like a voiceover session. But always in the back of my mind, thinking this is a lovely opportunity. But if you don't do this right, you're going to be. You came that close, but you didn't quite get there, and somebody else mm. got it. And I, there was there was there was always that awareness in my mind. So yeah, I, otherwise I just treated it like any kind of voiceover session that you do where you think, damn, I really want this job. I really want this. Yeah. Don't mess up. Are oh, you putting pressure on yourself? Don't mess up. And and it went okay. It was great.
0: When you were doing the TV shows, yeah. you were doing it live when they were filming and it was being aired. Is that correct? No, no, it wasn't.
3: I would always go in on a Friday morning and then they'd play it to a studio audience on the Friday evening. So I was always pre-recorded and then it would go out on okay. air the next day on the Saturday evening. And I'd be sitting on my settee watching me and thinking Ooh. or i be thinking oh <laughs> That's cool. god that wasn't very good was it you should have done that a bit better because you always think that don't you uh, but yes yeah, so it was pre-recorded the, the more always the, the morning before and then it would go out or it'd be played to an audience that evening i think a live audience and then it would be live on tv the next day
0: so how does that differ the pre-recorded versus the live stuff the where, where you do the announcer stuff oh wow which one do you prefer and um, how, how does that differ in terms of the way you prepare and yeah. describe about the job itself?
3: I, I love them both, but they're very different things. Um, I've never done a live TV show. Every time I did a TV show, like, um, say I'm a celebrity, I did that for three series as well. I'd go in and do a session to cover the entire series. Uh, it was just one one voice session.
0: okay,
3: um, And then the rest of the crew that were working on that tv series they'd fly it to australia the next day for me it was a trip into town i'd think mm, quite That's exciting. Fair, i know <laughs> and i'd think oh i'm in london <laughs> this is quite exciting uh, but they were going to australia the next day um so they were always pre-recorded for the entire series uh, and other shows i did i think i did one with vernon Kay called beat the star and again i went in there for about half a day recorded the entire series in one go and some of it would go out months later. Um, the difference with live stuff is uh, some of the same principles apply, you know, some of the same disciplines, the same skills, but there's just so much extra stuff bolted on that you've got to think about as well. Like there are 500 people looking at you or listening to you and you can't sit in the studio and think, oh, that was quite good, but I think I'll just do one more. You get one go, don't you? You get one yeah. take and it's got to be right. And... Um, the other thing is there that it's far more involved. There's far more to think about in terms of disciplines that you need to have as a voiceover artist. So rather than just being in a studio with a producer or self-record, you're sitting with um, the production crew for the event. I'm talking about award shows now rather than TV shows. Um, yeah. So you're sitting with the production crew. So you've got the production manager sitting next to you. You've got the lighting person. You've got the sound person. Uh, you might have another person that does visuals. And then you've got the host who might be 100 feet away who you're interacting with, and that's so far away, there might be a pillar in the way as well. Um, And then the extra complication is usually at awards events, you you wouldn't use a condenser mic, you'd use a directional mic, a handheld usually, but you also get to wear like a comms headset, um, which will have one ear on, one ear off, and a lip mic, so that you can take... um, direction from the production manager or the the, the producer which always covers your left ear so you can't hear anything in your left ear and you're hearing Mm. directions because they insist they 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 want to kind of have you on comms so they can give you cues for when it you know they want to be completely reassured that you're going to do your bit when you have to to sync with picture and other stuff like that and so it's a lot to think about so you've got all that live audience you've got an extra headset you've got your handheld mic and you've got Um, The host who's 100 feet away, who you're trying to engage with and react to. And that's just an extra series of things to contend with versus sitting in a studio on your own or with a a producer. But it's good fun. I like the live stuff. Mm. It's hard. It's a lot harder. But it's good fun.
0: <laughs> Obviously, we're all humans and we all do make mistakes. Has there ever been an instance where where <laughs> you've... It, it doesn't even have to be like a, a huge mistake, yeah. but it could be something where, like you said before, you know you could have said that differently or better.
3: We, we always think we could do something better, couldn't we? We, we know we're our, our own biggest self-critic. And then you actually hear it and it's fine. No one cares. It's, you know, if it's good enough for the... Yeah. Product, say in a tv show the the production manager's happy with it then it's clearly okay but we're always very kind of fastidious and nitpicking and um slightly obsessive
0: what do you think in in your opinion makes a good voice of god or announcer what skills do you think oh, that uh, makes gosh. them stand out um, from the others
3: well again it's all the same it's all the same kind of disciplines of of um of the the same studio skills that you know the, the, that that's strong clear voice is the is the obvious given for um for an answer. um i like to make it quite tongue in cheek if i can i like to kind of make it slightly ironic in terms of if 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 it's fitting for the event i i i i like to to do that that's not a given it's not a must but it's something i do that that i just makes think makes it more fun and probably more engaging for the audience because the the whole nature of say awards events we're not i'm not talking tv shows here but in terms of awards events you've got five six hundred people they can't all win an award um and so as the evening goes on yeah more and more people realize, I'm not going home with an award. Um, I'm going to chat to my mates now, and we've been drinking since five, and we're going to have a nice time. And so I try to make it yeah. more fun and engaging. So I think that's kind of a skill. And then, of course, there's the, the multitasking element that I talked about earlier, which is, you know, can you perform in front of 500 people? Um It's not for everyone. Um, Can you perform while you've got these people that you're working with um, giving direction in your headset? And sometimes, you know, they're on comms and you're reading out your bit, um, say it's the other side of an award, so-and-so has walked up to collect their award for uh, potato grower of the year or young potato grower of the year. And so they walk walking up on stage <laughs> and it's uh, so-and-so has been growing potatoes since the age of four and has always been passionate about Maris Pipers. And then, uh, the, you know, the, the, somebody might accidentally talk into comms while you're reading out your kind of tribute to that person. And oh, no. it's about, you know, and they don't mean to, but there's a lot going on. You know, staying composed when that's happening. You know, you've got to read your bit while someone's talking in your other ear, in in your in your in your comms headset. And I think that's that's definitely a skill that's that's important. I think another one, which I never ever ever intended to do, was, you know, the whole nature of voice of God is that you're largely seen as this kind of omnipotent voice, this powerful voice uh, that that kind of is. In the ether, um, but you're not seen. You're you're heard, but you're not seen. Um, well, often you are seen because yeah. usually for the events that I do, mm. again, we're talking award shows here, um, pre-event, they so they start off in the bar at, say, 5 o'clock and they have a few drinks and then they go to the pre-reception drinks for some more drinks and they have some Prosecco and they're having a nice time <laughs> and they're chatting and, and, and then yeah. you, somebody's got to make them move from that reception area to... Into the, um, into the event area to go to their table so they can have more drinks. And that's that's the voice of God's job. So you go there and you stand in front of them and with your handheld yeah. mic and you have to make announcements. And you might be talking to three, four, 500 people and they look at you blankly and they think, no, I'm having my drinks. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Please go away. Uh, and then <laughs> five minutes later, you do another one. And so that's another element of the job that people often don't realize, which is you have to stand there Visible to them, uh, looking relatively presentable. Thankfully, you and I are gorgeous, so it's okay for us. <laughs> and you know that that and, and to kind of usher them into where the awards event is going to be. Um, and that usually takes two or three goes because they're having a nice time,
0: and they don't want to go. One more question before you yeah. go: Did If you there's go? anybody out there that um, is listening to yeah. this and wants to do some announcing yeah. work, voice of word work, is there any tips or resources that you would um, recommend for them to check out?
3: Well. My main advice would be, please don't, because I like doing it. But if you insist and you have to do it, <laughs> um, I think yeah. having a, in terms of, I suppose again, we, we can split this into TV and we can split it into awards event or conferences events. And as you know, we, you know, we we had to reschedule this 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 chat um, from last week because out of the blue, somebody came to me and I and and, and asked me to do um, a voice of God for a BBC show the night before um yeah and the, the i think the principle there is that in terms of the tv work it's so elusive i don't know what you actually can do to present yourself for that apart from having the usual stuff a good profile on a good website preferably with a good agent and some kind of content that makes them attractive to a production manager that wants to book a voice but like i said um When I was booked for Saturday Night Takeaway, which was my my first ever TV show, there was absolutely nothing on my profile that said, This guy can do TV shows. And I just, I don't know how they found me, but somebody must have seen it and thought, uh, We like him. So I think in terms of TV shows, they're so elusive, it's very hard, apart from doing all the usual things, which is having a relevant demo, a good profile, and preferably with a good agent, so that that person you know, you can defy the odds and be very, very lucky. And that person who needs that voice finds you and thinks, yeah, we like him, her, we like, we like them. In terms of, in terms yeah. of other uh, awards, uh, say awards voice of God, um, well, it's the same principle, really. It's about having that web profile and having something mm-hmm. relevant. And I guess in terms of an award show, if you think about it logically. They cost tens of thousands of pounds because, I mean, they cost a fortune to put on. They're very extravagant. They're usually at somewhere grand, like a, a stately home or or a five-star hotel, you know, often in London. Uh, they've paid thousands of pounds for the talent, for the host. They're paying your fee as the VOG. They paid for the production crew. They paid for the catering or the fizz. They cost a fortune. So how are you going to persuade yeah. the person, the event manager that's booking for that event? that they can trust you with their event because you get one go um so i think that's that's that yeah. would be my suggestion which is how can you present yourself that that person looking in thinks yeah we we we, we trust that person
0: well sir thank you for your wise words were they <laughs> <laughs> i've, I've learned a lot of show other people out yes of course they oh, are thank you very much <laughs> but um, yeah thank you thank you for taking time out and i'm glad you make it work um, pleasure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your voice on TV some, sometime soon. In, soon in the Oh, way. me too. And um, it was a pleasure. Thanks, uh,
3: Thanks
0: for asking. Thanks for chatting. So, what did I take away from today's conversation? There is not one thing you can do in order to get these kinds of gigs. That being said, the more live shows you have done will prepare you for what is about to come. Keep all your demos up to date and always keep acting. You have to make yourself seen after all. Live announcing is a job that can change on the fly, so keeping a level head is a must. Don't panic. A word that has popped up a lot in this episode is preparation. Get to know what you will be announcing and why. Any names you don't know how to pronounce, ask. Have alternative lines you may have to use in times of need, like dealing with some awkward audience members, or announcing emergencies. Remember, there's no room for retakes. You only have one shot at this kind of job. So don't mess it up. Good luck, guys. Thank you, Jonathan, Katie, and Peter for sharing so much knowledge in this episode. As always, I will include all their contact below you can bother them. <laughs> okay, that's the end of another adventure for this week and the first of season three. Woohoo! I have so much more coming. So make sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, bye.